We're live, everybody. Welcome in. It's Friday, May 26th. It's a little after 1 p.m. Central, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Welcome in. We had a week off last week for a community forum while I was on vacation, but I'm back. And uh, during that time, our awesome community uh, held down the fort. They uh, live streamed um, the shareholder meet while I was uh, at the location. And Hans and the team here uh, did such a phenomenal job uh, carrying that whole thing. And it's just, again, thank you, Mimi. Thank you, Richard. And thank you, Hans and everybody else that was part of that uh, awesome thing. It was just so cool going back. And I got to watch part of it while you guys were doing it. It was just so fun. It was so fun watching the whole thing. But uh, yeah, it's, I'm very excited to be back. Make sure you can hear me okay. Make sure you can see us okay. Uh, we have a lot to talk about uh, on our community forum this Friday. Obviously, some pretty big news dropped yesterday with uh, Ford and Tesla partnering on on their ch on Tesla's charging network. And I really just want to start right away. We'll go with Mimi and then uh, not legal advice slash MMTLP. But first, we have to do our weekly MMTLP updates. So see, I didn't forget this time. I almost did. I was like a half second away. Then I read your name and I'm like, that's right. Go ahead. You're brilliant. You are brilliant Thank there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there was going to be a meeting with the House Financial Committee today about just MMTLP. It was canceled for one week because of the debt ceiling negotiations. So it shall be next week. And, and this involves naked shorting and shorting of shares that affects retail shareholders throughout the world. And now I've understood that in, it's prevalent in Europe, too. So it's something that Mimi would face in Sweden. And it's most prevalent in companies that, that have a uh, capital structure that is not well situated. So, for example, like biotechs, med small medical companies that are trying to create drugs, et cetera, and they have to they have to go through three trials and it's difficult to raise money. Those are targeted in particular. And so notwithstanding just any issues of money, there's all kinds of medical advances that are impacted by naked shorting. And even if you don't care about MMTLP, that might affect you or a family member somewhere down the road. So you should be interested in that. And I know the Department of Justice came out and said they expect to do some prosecutions sometime later this year. So we shall see. But learn, you know, everybody become uh, aware and learn about this because it impacts everyone. So thanks. Thank you. Where can people find more about MMTLP, Richard? At uh, not K-N-O-T, legal advice. Thank you. And I, I forgot to ask you a question. Why do cannibals not eat comedians? Because they taste oh. funny. <laughs> Shut it down. Thank you, guys, everybody. Well, uh, see you next week. <laughs> Why continue after? There you go. And she you wonder why people though. complain about your jokes, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't wonder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's amazing. I'm going to use that one of these days. All right, everybody, let's get started. Mimi, let us know what your thoughts are on the whole Ford thing from yesterday. Ford and Tesla struck a supercharging uh, partnership where Ford is going to be able to use every supercharger in the United States and I think Canada as well. It sounds like a North America thing, but definitely in the United States uh, with a adapter starting, I believe, next year. And with uh, all new Fords shipped starting in 2025, we'll have Tesla's plug, the NACS, the North America charging standard uh, as a as an actual feature in their cars, which is basically uh, going with Tesla's format. So, Mimi, give us your thoughts. How, how are you thinking? I think that this is such an incredibly smart move. 
when Tesla in November uh, said introduced the North American charging standard, I thought that was pretty cocky. Kind of we're setting the standard, but and today I listened to everything again, and Jim Farley said we've been talking about this for years. So I think this is just a step in a plan. Uh, they set the stand standard. They called it a standard, and now Ford is going to adapt it, which makes it more of a standard. And I think that in the long run, other brands will just follow. Because Tesla, they already have twice the amount of superchargers compared to any other, and they're working and they're good and they have good locations like Jim Farley talked about. Uh, so I think that the other brands, they would will want to. And what I love about Farley is that he doesn't have the prestige you know he's not afraid to come out and say that tesla they're doing this really well we want to be a part of it and richard, i what, really like oh, that sorry. attitude yeah I'm done. i couldn't agree more richard what, what's going through your mind yeah so i'm going to blather about this a little bit uh first of all it's the income so they're going to make income off of that so that's all good um and i don't know if, if it's just going to be on the service itself or eventually they're going to have to pay a fee if, so if, I don't know if eventually Ford's going to have to pay Tesla a fee for the right to be to let its customers use the the services and then charge the services directly to the customers down the road. I don't know, but either way, that's income to Tesla, and it's in essence it brings down the cost of that supercharging system, and it probably enables them to expand the system and probably pass those costs on to whoever wants to join in. So that's, and that as kind of a practical uh, uh, matter, great. On top of that, when Chinese companies wanna come in, Chinese EVs wanna come in the United States, I think they will wanna use those systems also. And that I think provides Tesla some leverage back in China. So in effect, if they enable the Chinese EVs to operate in the United States through the Tesla system, the Chinese really can't do anything or they can do less to inhibit Tesla in China. Mm. Seems like a reciprocal give and take. So I think that is a potentially a dramatic uh, thing. I think it suggests, and, and you know, this is, I think, the start of multiple partnerships. There was a suggestion of a software something. And what it led me to believe was that eventually that Tesla is gonna license FSD to Ford and Ford will pay royalties and maybe a fee on top of that. And then maybe the FSD will become just like they're doing with the uh, these standards. Tesla's standards will then become the national standard. And then they, and we've kind of talked about this kind of like just throwing it out but then they could license the fsd to everybody who wants to use it take a huge chunk way beyond just so we're calculating uh what their value was based upon their own vehicles now let's expand that out way beyond that 20 million vehicles now we're talking about the entire market i don't even know what those numbers are but they have to be gargantuan and we're kind of protected from all those other OEMs from undercutting 
the price because they're going to have to pay a license. And for them to make a profit, they can't really undercut Tesla's price. So I think Tesla will be insulated in that. Then on top of that, I think Ford indicated, I think it, from an industry perspective, as the supercharging network expands, the battery sizes are going to decrease for everybody, which will increase capacity. I think it was like a 25% increase in capacity, decrease in weight, increase in efficiency. Then on top of that, I was thinking about, oh, and an additional, on top of that, there's more government money that's going to flow Tesla's way for undertaking these infrastructure improvements, maybe in Europe too, and maybe elsewhere. On top of that, I was thinking about all the commercial real estate and the problems we have with commercial real estate. And I'm thinking, because we have no more office workers, basically, and we have all the real estate that's empty. And I was thinking, and I've been thinking, how are we going to repurpose that real estate? And I was thinking, why don't we make these something of a futuristic car mall where they make them charging facilities. And on top of that, they offer technological retail to consumers. They offer car accessories. They offer food. They offer entertainment, maybe some other facilities. But we then kind of change how malls operate and take advantage of that. And I guess the model for that in a small case would be they're opening up that restaurant and charging station in LA in Midtown LA. It's not done yet, but I know it's it's undergoing. I, I think that would fit within that model. And then Tesla would become not just in the car business, then they become a real estate owner. And part of their business is leasing out their own real estate in which part of their service is their it's charging is part of the service. So people have to be there anyway. So I think it's a great way for them to repurpose commercial real estate. Then on top of that, it's a way <laughs> of them benefiting Ford and the unions. And to the extent that they had prior bad relationships with the unions, in effect, they're saving Ford and they're saving all kinds of jobs for union workers. And I think also that would be a uh, permit the dealership model to be eviscerated. In other words, Tesla would have saved Ford and whoever else. Dealership model goes out, but the unions can keep their jobs. That's the, that's the exchange. And the it's better for the consumer no matter what. <clears throat> so that was what I thought about as I was sitting in the bathroom this morning. And uh, there we go. Fantastic, Mimi. Did you want? Did you have any thoughts off of what Richard said before I uh, pick up something? Not really. I'm just going to say I saw in the chat that someone asked if Ford will do the same in Europe. But in Europe, it's not the same case. In Europe, right. Tesla superchargers are already open to all brands, practically everywhere. So it's not the same thing. You pay a little bit more, or you pay a monthly fee, and then you pay the same as a Tesla owner. Yeah. And that's mostly driven by the regulations in Europe, right? Because the government essentially forced Tesla to have a open standard with the rest of the automakers, right? They weren't able to do like force their own plug. Oh, you mean correct? with a plug? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. it's a standard. Yeah. 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 I figured. Yeah. I, I think uh, I like I like where your head's going with sort of that thought process there, Richard, with this opening up other 
business opportunities for Tesla. It's almost like a McDonald's thing, right? Like the, like the reason why McDonald's got as, as profitable as they were, it wasn't because they were selling burgers. It's because they were, it was the real, it was a real estate game, not so much a, a burger game. Um, I, so I can see potential there. I think the more I think about this and, you know, we were kind of joking, but uh, half not really joking. Richard was saying that this may have been the greatest announcement of all time, uh, even bigger that when the universe was created. And, <laughs> and of course, this is a little tongue in cheek. But I think within the context of Tesla's um, story arc of it as a auto manufacturer, I don't see how this isn't in the top three uh uh, developments that has uh, has ever been announced and it's um it got a lot of attention yesterday and i think there's a reason why it's because now we have a a hundred plus year old automaker it's really an american icon and a, a brand that sells the best-selling vehicle in the united states in the f1 and the f series truck their uh and their ceo have openly come out and said the reason why we're partnering with with Tesla, a brand new electric vehicle automaker in the States, is because they have a competitive advantage that is good for us. And we're going to come out and, and basically give Tesla their props and their kudos as a longstanding legacy automaker. And we're going to go in partnership with them and do so on Elon Musk's platform on Twitter. Right. So it's, it's it was a very um, it was just a, a very rare instance of open cooperation and transparency and i think uh, a lot of uh it just just humbleness right a lot, a lot of humbleness from both parties because i think they were both very complimentary complimentary of each and so what's the dynamic that's now forming around ford is you know the timing of the announcement is fascinating to me because this doesn't really go into effect until next year so we still are a, a, a more than half a year away from this actually going live um and then, by the way, producer wife, bring up Tesla's stock price when you get a chance to as, as I'm as I'm talking, because I think there's, that's another development that's happening today that we should talk about at some point. Um, and so now you have Ford, a, a, a longstanding legacy automaker that's basically confirming Tesla's longstanding strategy of the charging network being incredibly paramount to the electric vehicle experience. And this is something that was uh, really began rolling out in 2013. And after, after 10 years, it finally reached a point where the first, really the first domino has fallen from that perspective, where a quote unquote competitor in this case is saying, yes, you have the best product out there. And so we're gonna partner with you, not because of your cars, but because of the infrastructure you've built. So I think this proves, <laughs> you know, people keep wanting like people say Tesla is a, is, a, is a car manufacturer. This is proof outside of the energy business, outside of the full self-driving business, outside of the bot business, outside of the AI business, that Tesla is more way more than just a car company. They are they are building out a lot of different things. And I think from Ford's standpoint, it really highlights how Jim Farley and the Ford team are being very pragmatic about the transition to electric vehicles. And this partnership ahead of time, for, you know, ahead of is being released, they're basically saying, hey, guys, we are preparing to move our business over to the electric vehicle segment. And they're still talking about how we're going to grow both businesses. But I think that's just corporate speak to not freak out investors. I think everybody knows that there's going to be one of these. The gas business is going to go down and the electric vehicle is going to go up. And Ford's going to have to be masterful about how they navigate that. But they're placing their bets 
very openly and and very clearly that they're very serious about this transition. I don't know why they would announce this six months ahead of it actually being available. Because, you know, why wouldn't they just wait until, say, January 1st, 2024, when the adapter is ready or whenever it's going to be ready and then make the announcement? And the reason why I think that is, is because they're trying to drum up as much demand for their electric vehicles today as humanly possible to get ready for the adapter coming out. Because I think the mach is having some problems selling right now against the Model Y and saying this at this time ensures that they have the demand going into next year. So there's, I have a lot more thoughts, but I'm going to shut up before I monopolize this conversation. Any any thoughts from either of you? I think that's really, I, I agree with you with the last part with the Mach-E and, and Model Y. And and that's why it's it's so nice. I mean, it's, it's really generous. I mean, Tesla didn't have to do that. They're doing fine on their own, really. Uh, so... Um, but like Elon, he was so, I think he was really honest when he said that, yeah, we're happy to help with what, whatever, because he said so many times that it's not competition. We want them all to succeed. Tesla can't make all the cars needed. Uh, and I think he, he really, he really wants Ford to, to succeed. And yeah. I like that. Go ahead, Richard. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was an admission you win. So Ford says yes. you win. So we're not going to fight it. We're going to make the best of the situation. Whatever that ends up being, we're going to make the best. We're going to be forward thinking. That may be also why they acted now. So they're trying to be forward thinking as opposed to being reactive. And maybe they could plan accordingly. Maybe that six months is really helpful for them. Uh, um, so I think that's that's what I drew it. And that's and I but but bottom line is I think for every car. So this is my own speculation so i think tesla thinks for every car that's on the road whether it be their car or somebody else's car they are going to get a royalty or a percentage of that car yeah. operating and so the more cars the merrier that's money in their pocket especially if they don't have to manufacture those cars they have no cost all that is like you know pure profit so that's that's way I think when and they'll promote the heck out of it, especially if they believe FSD is in the can. You know, yeah. it's just whether it's 2023, 2024, if they have that belief, then why not? Because everybody else yeah. is going to pay them money for it. And then I was thinking about, you know, how uh, Elon was talking about the Tesla would be bigger than uh, uh, Apple and Aramco combined. Correct. I think that's what he, he said. So I was trying to think the model, how the model's changing. So I think now it's more of Apple, the Apple software and, and kind of name dominance and NVIDIA on the hardware side, plus, and it just turns out it, the irony of it, plus the Ford manufacturing. And that's what it is. The software, hardware, and the manufacturing, and I think they'll sell it all. Especially if yeah. they think, by the way, if Elon says, you know, I think this stuff is worth a lot, but it's peanuts compared to what we're going to do in the future, then why not sell the stuff that's worth peanuts and make passive money that you don't have to, you know, you don't have to have no cost and move on to what you really think is going to generate the the big time revenue the bot and, you know, beyond. Uh, so I think it's like all win-win, you know, whether they execute hundred percent, you know, and time, the time frame obviously is, we know time frame is sometimes difficult, 
But I think, you know, the, the model is get as many vehicles on the road, period. And we're going to work. Not only does it fit our mission statement, but we're going to benefit financially. And I could sell it to all the shareholders. That last point is the most interesting yeah. part of this whole thing, right? Because, you know, one of the very appealing things for, for a lot of Tesla investors and fans is that Tesla's uh, mission statement is is for the betterment of humanity, right? It, it has a it has a big vision behind it to advance the advent of sustainable transport and energy gener generation, but started with the car. But what do we have now based on like the way you've articulated it really, really is like really drives home just how massive this is. Tesla now has a financial incentive to ensure there are as many cars as humanly possible on the road and they don't even have to be Tesla's. They just need an electric vehicle on the road because every single electric vehicle on the road now means that they're going to profit off of it. So they've aligned a human incentive and now they have a financial incentive. And this is one thing Elon Musk is extremely good at is figuring out how those two things align together. And we know there's going to be an app store, right? We know there's going to be a Tesla app store and that's going to be available to everybody. They'll charge a monthly fee. That's ongoing income. I mean, that's the Apple side. I mean, that's the Apple model. I, I think that's just coming. That's coming. And that's going to be gigantic money. And we all know that none of those, whatever we're talking about now, none of that is baked into the models. None of that. They only uh, factor in income that is real and current, not that maybe in the future. You know, we've heard that from Gary Black enough. And all the stuff that we're talking about, I think is substantially more than the combined income of Tesla to this point. Yep. I agree. Mimi, Mimi, any thoughts from your, from your nope. standpoint? Okay. Nope. Right Couple of super chats. We want to pull up uh, producer web has in stage that are uh, applicable to this um, thing. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for the $10 super chat. I really appreciate you. Beer fund is growing massively. Uh, is the UAW, which is the United Auto Workers Union, which uh, Ford um, uh, partners with for the factory workers, is the UAW union going to get Jim fired? Um, how I, Do you guys think there is any sort of uh, tie between this announcement and that potential dynamic? Uh, how do you guys think about this? I think it's going to be the flip side. I think he's going to be able to set, sell it to the unions that he's going to save their jobs because he's going yeah. to let Ford stay in business. He's going to let Ford expand faster. I think they're going to love it. Mimi? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, even the union realized that gas cars are dying. And Ford really need to, to ramp up their uh, EV production. And uh, anything that works in favor of that is a good thing. So no, I don't think he's going to get fired. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think I think this, if anything, <coughs> the more business Ford gets, the better it is for the survival of the labor union. Uh, but I think what's, what's interesting is that the labor union did openly criticize uh, the uh, current administration's handling of the EV transition. And so... And I and I'm guessing I'm I'm hoping it's posturing. I'm hoping it's like, hey, let's. This is how I'm haggling a better deal potentially with with uh, with Ford and GM and Stellantis and all the good stuff. But if the labor union really is not not pro EV transition because well, you need less people to do it, then they'll be a hundred percent out of a job because they won't be making any gas cars and they won't be making any EV cars. 
So like where exactly. are your fees going to come from? <laughs> you know, so yeah. they have an incentive to to ensure that the EV transition works. Thank you very much, Chris, for the uh, $10 super chat. Uh, is there another one, and, producer wife? And, and by the way, I think, you know, the other part of that is that they'll get training. And that's got to be part of it. The unions yes. have to train their workers in their new skills. <laughs> Yep, 100% agreed. Uh, SLPC, thank you so much for the 10 uh, pounds sterling super chat. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's like, what, uh, $78 or something? Uh, <laughs> when Farley talked about paying to drive a $20,000 battery around, the idea of selling a car while retaining ownership of the battery came to my head. What do you think? Yeah, I I think this idea of... of um, sort of ownership of the battery is sort of outdated in, in my opinion because as we advance the technology for electric vehicles and you know especially if, if you take tesla's goal of creating a million mile drivetrain you know a battery and drivetrain system then it, it doesn't really matter you just you know the, the chassis is the chassis and then you make it so that it's as reliable as possible and the car will go a million miles. So it's, it's just going to be commoditized like anything else. Uh, I don't think it's going to be it, that concept is not going to be as prevalent. Uh, how do you guys uh, read this statement in question? Any thoughts? No, I agree. Okay. Yeah, I think as the cost of the batteries decreased and it, does, it becomes less of a valuable asset. And I guess Neo would have the Neo, the Chinese company, I guess, has the reverse model because they have battery swaps. So you never yeah. actually own the battery. So they take the opposite end. So they believe, I think they would think the opposite. They would draw yeah. the opposite conclusion. Yeah. And and Ford did openly say that they want to get away from having that expensive battery because yeah. they want to get more to a model where make it, making the vehicle as efficient as possible with just that sweet spot battery, which I think Tesla has nailed. And that's why they've been so successful. And then partnering it with a fast charging network so that uh, when folks are traveling, a stop is sort of aligned with when they would usually use the restroom and pick something up to eat or drink. And then by the time they're back to their car, it's ready to go. So I think they, I think they also said they were, and I don't think they said it this way, but that they were going to limit the number of models they were going to do. They weren't going to like, go after yes. highly competitive areas. They were going to kind of stay in their own zone, which is kind of, the, again, the Tesla model. Um, and unlike GM, kind of like, so it's kind of in opposition to the GM model where they're going to do like 500 models and sell four, four uh, of each and uh, 200 total. Yeah. yeah. How how silly but does I, GM look now, by the way? Yeah. 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 I, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, it's it's kind of like the future. It will be a, a reverse. Now people are just trying to make cars with with um, more and more range, but with more chargers and a better network and people getting used to that. Okay, it I don't have to. I can charge my car for ten minutes and go another. Uh, I think it's actually good. And, and Elon agreed that. We're going towards smaller cars with smaller batteries, and that would make it easier to uh, to uh, mass produce more. Um, yeah, yeah, but I still think there is a use case for, say, a a long distance, like a Cybertruck type vehicle. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I think that yeah. most people would realize that most of the time you don't drive that far. A hundred percent, correct. Yeah, most use cases like. 80% plus of use cases will be handled by that compact car with a 250 to 300 mile battery, yeah. no problem. Like it's, it's no issue whatsoever. Perfect. And again, uh, again, yeah. again, I think people get trained, you know, in this country, 
they'll get trained in it. If you know, they they'll learn that this is the way they go, and it'll be their way of going. And yeah. old guys like me, it, we won't, you know, we'll adapt, but adapt much slower. But it'll at some point in time, it'll be that moment, you know, that one moment, and I'll just take off. Yeah, agreed. I thank you both for the super chats. Uh, we will have a Q and A. Uh, a section at the end of the live stream the last half hour or so so if you do have a question you want to ask do stick around for that uh i want to play a clip from the msnbc jim farley uh, msnbc the cnbc uh jim farley interview um real quick did either of you watch this yet mimi or richard jim i think farley. i watched it yes okay um, this is not the spaces uh interview no, no. it was right uh, after was the from spaces, this morning yeah. uh it was either from this morning or from uh, yesterday, but it's uh, it's sort of it's outside of the Twitter space. And this is Jim Farley speaking with um, with CNBC about their partnership. I just want to play it because I think there's some additional tidbits in there that are helpful for us to get our head wrapped around this equation uh, a little bit. And uh, I would love to get uh, y'all's reaction. So go ahead and um, play this producer Starting wife. Early next year, Ford owners will be granted access to thousands of Tesla superchargers across the United States and Canada. It's part of a new partnership announced on Twitter Spaces by Tesla CEO Elon Musk and Ford CEO Jim Farley. Farley joins us right now first on Squawk Box this morning to talk more about it. And Jim, welcome. This is some pretty big and pretty surprising news. Yeah, it was a big week for us, Becky and Andrew. Um, and this, this announcement, we think, will really help our EV customers have a, a much better experience. You know, they, it, it was surprising just from the perspective that you all are rivals. I don't know if you want to call respectful rivals, frenemies, something yep. along those lines. How, how did this deal come come about? What happened? We've been actually working on it for a couple of years. You know, we know that charging, we're number two in EV sales in the U.S. behind Tesla. And we know charging is a really big deal for our customers and adoption. And we're now scaling. We're like basically doubling our EV capacity this year. And, and we're going to get to 2 million in a couple of years. So this is a big deal for, for the company and, and for our customers. And we have about 10,000 fast chargers now. This is going to double that. So 22,000 fast chargers. It'll be the best network of fast charging in the country for any brand. And and that's why we were interested in it. Uh, we also like their they like their locations. We like their charging technology. It works really well as well. So in 25, we're going to put their plug on our vehicle. Yeah, Jim, I have to say, as a consumer, I think it's great. I, I love the idea of some sort of standardization or moving towards standardization yes. in the industry. No consumer wants to get stuck feeling like, oh, I finally found a charging station, but guess what? I can't use it. And you probably need a lot more exactly. of this to, to really beef up adoption of EVs across the country. Um, what I think is interesting about this is, you know, this is, if you went back to the VHS Betamax comparison on all of these mm -hmm. things, VHS eventually won out. You are choosing to go with Tesla, which has been uh, riding with the NACS standard versus the CCS standard that the Biden administration and most of the U.S. automakers, EV makers, have, have been pushing. Why, why Tesla? Why this standard? And do you think by you and Tesla teaming up together, you kind of went over and can change what's going to be the standard? It's a great question. So we believe that customers should have, as you said, the option of using either standard. And with adopters, ad adapters and software, we could do that both. But we really like 
the Tesla standard from a customer standpoint. When you look at how easy it is to plug in, if you drop the core, the, the Tesla system is more robust. Um, the other standard is great and we'll have adapters for that. But, but we also really love the locations. Like I, I remember I was going on vacation with my kids. My kids kept saying, hey, Dad, can we stop there? That's one of those Tesla supercharging. I was like, no, kids, we're gonna go over here behind this building. Um, and, you know, so it's, it's, a, it's a bet for our customers and we want our customers to be able to use both systems actually with adapters. Jim, uh, long-term, when you think about this, this friends, enemy, frenemy situation, if Tesla becomes that standard, is that good or bad for you? I mean, as you, as you try to evaluate and think through what that means over time. Yeah, we think it's, it's good for us because we're gonna have the Ford Pass software. So people don't have to leave the Ford Pass software that they use for charging at their home or, or to control, unlock the vehicle or use the phone as a key. When they go use the Tesla supercharger, they're still using Ford. We were right. very concerned if they had to switch over to use a Tesla software, but that was part of the deal. And it, it was a deal breaker for us for the reason right. you mentioned. And how seamless there, therefore will uh, payment and the like be using those, su those superchargers? Yeah, so uh, early next year on the Ford Pass app, we're gonna have a bunch of different payment options like we do today. So customers just pay, use their you know, um, e-pay system, whatever they choose. And um, there'll be no, you know, no issues. It'll be super simple. We're gonna ship a super, you know, an adapter uh, to everyone who's bought a Ford EV. This is not just for the future, it's for all the people who already bought our vehicles. So they'll get adapter from Ford, they go on Ford Pass, they pick the payment option they want. All the billing is the same as it is today. So it's gonna be right. super easy. And, and what do you think long-term the likelihood is that GM and others will follow suit? And that, and that effectively the, the Tesla superchargers will become the standard? I think there's, I think there's a chance. Um, you know, uh, the CCS is, is a great standard, but it was pretty much done by kind of a committee. and. And I, I think GM and others are gonna have a big choice to make. Do they right. wanna have fast charging for a lot of customers or do they wanna stick to their standard and have less charging? So I, I, I don't know, but right. I think, you know, we're number two last year, they were number one. I, I think this is gonna be a tough choice for those companies. Instant reaction. Mimi, Richard, any thoughts? You want to uh, unmute first, maybe? <laughs> Sorry, my dog started barking. Uh, I thought it was funny, the two options in the end that really weren't no options. Uh, yeah. You choose Tesla and it's good, or you don't and it's not good. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's interesting. I, I really think that this Ford app thing was a deal breaker because his, that's where I heard it before, that they've been talking about this for years. and why is it happening now and not before? And and I read some comments today that some people thought it was uh, a loss for Tesla, that people are not forced to get their app, the Tesla app. Um, so I guess, but I, I can understand for if, as a Ford customer, I would love not having to do that. In Europe, you have to get the Tesla app to use mm -hmm. the supercharger. Richard, any thoughts? 
Yeah, I was wondering why Jim Farley was barking like a dog. Uh, I was interesting to me. He focused on location, like a that yeah. was seemed like a big deal. So the real estate was important to him in my mind. He liked uh, their locations and maybe their frontage, and that they had secured those already. And at, I think that was important. Um, the thing that I thought was interesting is he was basically he said that the uh, other uh, standards were created by a committee. And not, and I guess the implication would be not engineers, and they didn't know what they were doing. I mean, I, if I'm going to read in, they had no idea what they were doing. So we have the ones in the by Tesla that were designed to work, and so you have your choice. You could have three cars charged or three million. Go for it. What's your what's your choice? And you know the fact that he said they were number two means that one and two are going this direction. So that. I think he's trying to lead it that way. And to the extent yeah. that Tesla conceded, and I, you know, who knows what the negotiations were, but to the extent that Tesla conceded on the app, I presume they got something else in return. And we may not necessarily know, know about that because I don't get the impression, and I don't know this, but I don't get the impression if Elon wants something that he's going to forego it in a negotiation. I think he'll just forego the deal. If he felt, if he felt uh, he had, there was a problem, or he didn't secure something he wanted, he would have not. They wouldn't have made the arrangement. So, yeah. so I expect that there's probably some consideration that went for that. Yeah, I think I think the 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 last comment maybe you highlighted is I think it speaks really a lot about what it means to be an automaker that is not going to be on the NACS so the Tesla standard uh moving forward cuz really the what what your the the dirty secret which is not really a secret everybody who's an EV uh enthusiast knows is that the alternative to the Tesla supercharger network with Electrify American whoever else is not a good charging experience forget the plug you know the plug itself is uh much bigger prone to breaking, unreliable, but then the charging network itself is is quite poor uh, versus the Tesla supercharger network. And so when a legacy automaker comes out and says that without saying it, I think puts so much pressure on every other every other auto every other automaker, your GMs or BMWs or Mercedes, your Volkswagens, right? Your Kia Hyundai's that if if they don't come out and really uh, change their port over to the Tesla port, they're going to be at a natural disadvantage in the marketplace. So not only is going to be Tesla an automaker that's going to be stealing sales away from you, but now so will Ford. And I think Jim coming out and saying this sort of reinforces the this idea. And then the, the thing that keeps going through my mind, and, and this is sort of related to the other legacy automakers, GM, I think, boy... Like this is such a bad place to be if you're a GM from their EV standpoint because now you have the your biggest historical um, competitor in Ford. You know, Ford GM has always been a huge competition uh, for really the last God knows how many years, and now you know Ford is partnering up with Tesla and basically saying, "Yep, we're number one and two. We don't know who you are, right?" And so within that context. When you look at what Mary Barra and GM have done, well, you know, patting themselves on the back as the EV leader, 
but they're number three in sales and they don't have the best charging standard now. Uh, how, how does a GM customer or the GM leadership feel uh, in this scenario and how much pressure are they under to make something happen or do they, do, they, do, they, do they still have too much hubris to realize that this is a very dire situation if you're GM, especially as the transition moves away from gas cars into EVs. So those, those, that's kind of what goes through my mind when I watch that interview. Uh, any additional thoughts from either of you? Ford and Tesla should do that um, um, educational ads together now. This would mm. be the perfect timing about mm. charging about everything yeah i think they're pressured they have to be i mean if they're not completely blind and stupid and just too filled up with their own importance they have to realize it even even uh, mary barra has to i think so i, I, uh, but think I what i don't understand is why is the the other networks so bad i mean i never heard in europe that there's such a problem with charging but in the states you hear that all the time about all others except Tesla. Because it's not as regulated, I believe, as it is in Europe. And then the the companies that are doing them are just not that great of companies. They just don't. They I don't know if it, they don't have the right uh, financial incentive to <laughs> make sure their charge charging network works. What my gut tells me, and this is sort of like, this is a theory, but this is whenever you have government involved in the states when it comes to this stuff, you know, because the Electrify America charging network is really driven by CCS, which is a, 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 a government-pushed standard, and it's getting government funding. My guess is that the folks that are running Electrify America are making more than enough money from these government credits or whatever you want to call it, and they don't have a financial incentive to actually ensure the charging network works because those people are making their money, and they're not really that interested in ensuring they have a good product. And that's why it's not a good network. In my opinion, I could be 100% wrong, but I think I've I've seen enough of that sort of dynamic to identify when that's going on, but I could be wrong. You know, when I, I was watching that Farley uh, uh, interview, and he's not the comedian, right? Not the Farley comedian. It's the other guy. <laughs> uh, maybe it's a brother or something. I don't know. Maybe, um, I think they are related. Uh, may, are they? I'll find out. Go ahead. Okay. But I, you know, what struck me is when we were talking about it earlier, the standards, and you know, Farley basically said the standard should be Tesla standard because it works. You know, I'll interpret it for him. And it made me think that, so if Tesla's plan is, okay, we get them with first uh, the chargers, and next I bring them on board on FSD with a royalty. So that becomes the standard in the United States if we have the one, two, as the, basically, this is how they do it. Maybe you could have more than one standard that's acceptable, but it might be a way of, because it's not just having one, two, it's one, two attached to a union. So it'd be very difficult because regulators now, like, you know, it's easy to take shots at Tesla because you're not taking shots at unions who are funding certain politicians, obviously. But to the extent now you bring unions into the equation because they're benefiting, I think it kind of helps Tesla get their standards approved to the extent it works. If if because what Farley said, the this works, so that's why we're going to go for it. If FSD works, and then Ford adopts it, I think that the idea would then be that it'll be adopted as a standard in the United States, and that would then support the licensing of the FSD to whoever, 
And uh, again, I just think the revenue would be astronomical. Yeah. Mimi, any thoughts? No, I was just thinking, wasn't Tesla, they're going to open some of the superchargers in the IRA. Uh, wasn't that a deal that they are going to open superchargers for all brands? Or um, is, that, I, is that changed? I, I think, well, they had an aspiration to do so through their magic doc. But I think, but I think maybe the the momentum has shifted now because now you have an automaker that's saying, "Well, now nah, we're just going to use your plug," right? So I think it's getting there anyway, and I think there is a uh, government incentive to build out a charging network. I think you got credits uh, yeah. as well. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and Mimi, I'm confused why you're asking about the Irish Republican Army, but whatever. Yes, I know, <laughs> I know, I'm too. It's stupid to have that. They should have called it something else. <laughs> Uh, real quick, uh, the age-old question, is Jim Farley related to Chris Farley? The answer is yes. He's the uh, cousin brother of the uh, late, great Chris Farley. So, yeah, there you go. Another, another reason to like Jim Farley, man. <laughs> he's got a lot going for him lately. He's having he's having a great uh, few few quarters, man. Opening up the books. Maybe you know the, the EV performance of Ford isn't that great, but I think from a decision standpoint and really um, leading the company, I think he's he's doing quite a good job. With, with he's kind of in my mind, he's taken more of a Herbert Deese kind of stance on it. Yeah, kind of accepted the inevitable, and he yeah. Deese would have moved VW uh, would have moved them aligned with Tesla. Uh, they're just too stubborn and they want to like burn a bunch of money and they eventually they'll come around. But that's uh, yeah. interesting. I think the, the other thing too, we were talking about sort of the Ford pass working with the supercharger network, which basically means that Ford gained backdoor access into the supercharger network without needing the Tesla app, I think is maybe a tell or a signal about what we were speaking talking about earlier in the in the in the sort of this forum that perhaps Tesla is starting to test and really play with the idea of opening up more of its company uh, and allowing others to take advantage of it that are not directly related to just using their uh, customer facing thing they you know the, so they're basically licensing their OS for the charging network is basically their API, right? They have an API available now that Ford's going to be able to plug into through their app. So the idea around full self-driving licensing, maybe some sort of drivetrain partnership, battery partnership, raw material sourcing partnership, car OS partnership, who there's just the the floodgates could open at any second. And the incentive now for uh, Ford is now that they have this relationship with Tesla and knowing that Tesla has such an immensely big supply chain around EVs, really the largest one in the world, um, how how much more work could they do together to, to secure those limited raw materials? And I think the question that Jim had for Elon on the Twitter space around really being curious about the, how the refining project was going in Corpus Christi around lithium. I think it's a signal that says that there might be, hey, hey, hey Farley knows what, what's needed, right? They need some cheap batteries to be made in order to make a profit. So, hey, Elon, maybe I'll put this in your ear and uh, publicly so that maybe now there is a, a forcing function for us to work together because there might be a lot of interest out there. So just it's fascinating, man. This one little announcement has so many implications, you know? Yeah, especially if, if especially we end up with all these side margins that are all software related. So they're basically there's no cost to them and they are huge. 
makes that means that the margins on the actual vehicles can be tiny, you know, and the cost of the vehicles can continue to decrease and that expands the market to the, you know, and literally to the entire planet. Yeah. Mimi, any thoughts? Nope. No. Again, the biggest thing to ever happen in the universe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An amazing Bigger day. than the universe <laughs> itself. <laughs> let's say uh, let's run a quick poll, producer wife, uh, for our for our uh, channel members, or really for the community before we get into Q and A. Let's ask: um, Do you think that Ford will survive the EV transition after this news? Because I know in the uh, in the EV world, there, there there's a lot of discussion about legacy automakers having a, a big huge struggle shifting from gas to evs and so now i'm wondering specifically to ford you know write it in the best way you can because she's a way better writer than i am do you think that ford will now survive the ev transition um and then yes no and whatever other option you think uh, applies uh we'll start our q a here soon let's uh let's discuss any other topics the forum has richard mimi uh, richard i see you want to go off mute what do you have yeah so the, I have a few things. The theft in Germany of that intellectual property that uh, occurred. So there was that hundred, uh, I think a hundred uh, megabyte file that was stolen. Did you see? You haven't. You're not aware of that. With Tesla. Yeah, Tesla. Yeah. And then Tesla received. Um, there's an investigation going on. It's an ex-employee. He was going out the door. He uh, took a bunch of stuff, and then he basically made it available to some type of press. Uh, publication or site. Uh, Tesla became aware of that, sent him a cease and desist nicely, not to use the information, and it's in flux. So it was kind of an embarrassment, but they have to deal with it. Uh, it had personal information. So they're getting it on both sides. The government's kind of saying, why did you let the person have access? Plus, they have to deal now with the information itself. I'm sure they will go heavily after the person who released the information. I think they know the person who released the information and uh, an example of him or her. And I think they have to, to, in order to please the government there also. Yeah. So here, yeah, I was just going to say that the authorities were going, they said that Tesla were, that their security was too bad. So this was published uh, yesterday evening at 10 p.m., Eastern German authorities looking into possible data protection violations by Tesla newspaper reports. Let's read the first paragraph or so. Just give a little bit of context. Uh, German authorities have serious indications of possible data protection violations by Tesla. Uh, Handel's Blatt newspaper reported on Thursday, citing the data protection office in the state where the car maker has its European gigafactory. Uh, reports said that U.S. electric car manufacturer has failed to adequately protect data from consumers employees and business partners citing 100 gigabytes of confidential data leaked to the newspaper by a whistleblower. Okay. So it was one person who stole the information. So I don't really okay. think that's a pattern of misconduct, but it's obviously sensitive information and I'm sure they will learn from it. But overall, I think they're going to go hammer. They're going to hammer that person to make an example of it. Because again, they have to demonstrate to the German government we take this seriously, and the only way they can do, make make it is to make an example of that person. Yeah, but okay. I think it's interesting that the the paper, the Handelsblatt, 
It means the trading paper. Thank you. Or the commerce paper. Uh, they, I think it's interesting that they called the person a whistleblower. Because yeah. for me, that means that the data shows something that's not good. Uh, but it, it doesn't seem to be that way. I wonder why they're using it. Yeah, I don't know in the EU if there's a whistleblower statute. You know, because yeah, in, yeah, in, in, yeah. yeah, in the United States there is under certain yeah. circumstances. But the way I saw it portrayed is he, it's funny how you present it, alternatively presented as he violated his non-disclosure agreement, one or the other. Either he's a whistleblower or he's a criminal, one or the other. Yep. I don't know. Yep. Anyway, but it's a serious <clears throat> matter, and I'm sure they will learn from it. And, you know, I, how much can you do? You know, can you prevent somebody from disclosing what they know personally? No, you really can't. You know, if it's in my brain, I can communicate that. So all they could do is do a better job and communicate that. I just saw it was a big, big deal. And because it was in Germany, that's what's caught my attention because of the factory in Germany and because the Germans so far have not been easy to deal with uh, for Tesla. So okay. yeah. I, wonder, I wonder how he got the data out. I mean, it was it, I wonder what kind of control system they have. Yeah, I mean, in in Tesla, like if you have if you have access to the data, you have access to the data, you know. And there is, uh, uh, if somebody really wants to leak information, I mean, they could. The yeah. hundred gigabytes could have just been them taking a uh, a picture of yeah. the code on the screen, right? Yeah. You can. There's a thousand different ways of uh, doing it, so it really comes yeah. down to the individual to not do something. So we'll see. We'll see where this goes. How how long do you think it will take before we get a good understanding of what happened here? Oh, I think it'll take a time. I months okay. months, I would think. Another story I saw that was interesting was BYD got in trouble uh, with Great Wall Motors. So Great Wall Jeez. Motors apparently was the first uh, Chinese EV company listed in China. And uh, apparently they they tested two of BYD's, the top-selling plug-in hybrids, and they violated the emission standards in China. And so they their position is, and they communicated that to regulators, their position is that uh, BYD is knowingly violating emission standards in China. And why that's complicated is because, you know, they just passed those other emission standards that come into the same as the EU. I think they're the equivalent of the EU standards, but they came into effect and they just gave them like a brief extension through the end of the year. But those people can't sell those cars after a certain date. So I don't know if BYD is going to suffer uh, the same kind of consequences, which obviously would hurt their company and their stock and all those things. Uh, real quick, Great Wall Motor says rival BYD failing on hybrid emissions. This is from yesterday, 257. Let's read the first couple of paragraphs of the other one um, Shang from Shanghai. Uh, Great Wall Motor has filed a report with China's regula regulators against BYD. It said on Thursday, claiming its rivals, two top-selling hybrid models did not meet emission standards and triggering a rare public spat. BYD rejected the claim, saying its vehicles met China's emission standards and that it reserved the right to take legal action against Great Wall. The public, the public accusation from uh, Hebei-based Great Wall, China's first listed car maker, has thrown it into an unusual open fight with BYD, the country's largest and most successful maker of electric and plug-in hybrid vehicles that has emerged as a rival to Tesla, uh, Great Wall closed down 7.3%. Shares of BYD fell 5.4%. Interesting. So it's a little bit of domestic uh, war of words uh, between the two automakers. Um, okay. 
yeah, that's, right. this is a little fascinating dynamic. This is right. very uncommon that you see yeah. Chinese companies yeah, attacking they have, like, each one, other. They, I feel like uh, China, like the, the Chinese culture in general is to ensure that you, you, you don't want to show any weakness, <laughs> especially right. no. to international agents, right? So, international yeah. so in this right. case, and I heard somebody uh, who was thinking about that, and they were suggesting that's what gives it also more legs, that the fact that it was done at all suggests, and, and that Great Wall is a respected company in China, that was suggesting, and they had the vehicles, so it wasn't a question, they didn't have the vehicles. And there was other, there had been prior questions about BYD's emissions in Europe. So it's not the time, uh, but it's the first time it's in China, and obviously it would be a, a you know a black eye for BYD. Mm. But it was interesting that the Great Wall stock fell more than the BYD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I think it might not be popular in 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 China that you do this. You're supposed to keep it hidden. You're not Maybe. supposed to openly criticize. Maybe. I saw one other thing that caught my attention was there was an article in Benziga. I don't know if you're familiar with that yeah. publication. They, and it was talking about Warren Buffet, that he was, uh, his comment was he didn't have like a winner. He didn't know who the winner was going to be in the EV space. And the writer was commenting, and there's other, comp, you know, basically competition. And retail is interested in these new ones that are coming out. And they cited, and I haven't looked up the company. They cited, this was their example of the competition is coming for Tesla. The name of the company is Civilized Cycles. I've never, I've never <laughs> heard of it. I've never heard of it, but it was amazing to me. That was the article. That was the article. That's what the writer suggested was the competition that was coming. Unbelievable. Civilized yeah. Cycles? Yeah, Civilized Cycles. That was the name of the... Interesting. Yeah. I have to look that up. <laughs> it's all in the marketing. <laughs> that's right. It's all in the marketing. Yeah. So let me ask you this. I mean, that, that's an interesting little uh, topic there before we get into Q&A. Do you think that the Ford partnership, knowing uh, a fund like uh, Berkshire Hathaway loves stability, they love um, companies that have that are you know self-sustaining, they have boats that are going to have a secure future, do you think Ford partnering with Tesla is a signal for, say, Warren Buffett or Charlie Munger that says, holy crap, Tesla might be a lot more stable than we initially thought, and it removed one of the risk factors that we had? Could that be a, something that could play there? Just maybe riff a little bit on that. Is, do you think there's anything there? I think that they are so smart, they should have understood that by now. Mm. Yeah. I think it does make it less risky because it also insures Ford, but I don't know if they own yes. Ford. I don't know if they own Ford. I don't think they do. Yeah. So if they didn't own Ford, no. then I don't. I I wouldn't think they would buy into Tesla after this. And plus, these guys, by the way, their their combined age is three hundred ninety four. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know if they're going to be stepping outside the box and change their strategy now if they haven't done it already. You know, they still seem Probably to buy not. oil. Like, you know, Apple, Occidental, that's kind of their current, uh, you know, Apple's done pretty well. Occidental's <laughs> done pretty well. And, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, they should be in a museum. Sure. No, they, were, they should be in a museum, those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just, 
I just wonder, you know, they did give that little uh, talk at their annual shareholder meeting and yeah. they said yeah. they really respected Elon. They really respected Tesla, yeah. but it's just not it wasn't their style because they just want easy investments. Right. I just wonder, like at, 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 at some point, Tesla should become an easy investment, you know, with cash flows and uh, these uh, sort of unique infrastructure capabilities from a charging standpoint a very strong battery supply chain, a very strong EV supply chain, uh, energy generation. It just at some point it becomes easy, right? You, you would have yeah. to think. You when know? I when I watch those guys, when I just amazed that you know at their age they have their co they're coherent, sharp, and you yeah. know and yeah. very relaxed up there. You know, speaking that's incredible, and that's why they have been so successful because they're amazing people, really. Yeah, but he is yeah. invested in BYD, isn't he? He's yeah, but small he's, position. Yeah, they decreased their um interest yeah, in there. I know that they yeah. sold off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't yeah. they don't like they don't like uh the political environment. No. That's why they also they bought uh Taiwan semiconductor and they had it for a very short period. And when they became uncomfortable with that political situation, they bailed on that too. Yeah. So so the secret to a long life is not being a billionaire. It's drinking Coca-Cola and eating M&Ms, right? Is that, is that what we learned from those two? Okay. No, drinking enough Coca-Cola. Oh, enough. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> cool. Uh, any no, other how about topics? How about Neuralink? Neuralink was... Oh, yeah. FDA, FDA approved, FDA right? gave its first yeah. approval. That's, yeah. Let's pull that, that up. That could be huge. That could be huge. Why? Like BBC called them the brain chip company, Elon's brain chip company. Yeah, I mean, it, it you know, idea is you're going to enable, I mean, I think a basic idea is yeah. you're going to enable people to walk eventually yeah. who are paralyzed, etc., which would be it's really cool. You know, so amazing. And they I, did it you, yesterday in Switzerland, uh, a Swiss company. They do the same thing. And I saw pictures of a guy who was walking. Yeah, that's that's really amazing. Yeah, and I have to I have to think it also goes, it, it it's going to play into the robotic side of things also. I would think. Yeah. Just in movement, yeah. in terms of types of movements, yes. you know, uh, smoothing it out, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's one of those plays that everybody has been so, you know, it's such a mind blowing development what Neuralink is doing that any positive news is always like, holy crap, I'm so excited. Real quick, for those that have missed this, this came out yesterday at around 5 o'clock, shortly after the uh, the Twitter space between Jim Farley and Elon Musk. Uh, we are excited to uh, share, this is from Neuralink, we're excited to share that we have received the FDA's, the Food Drug Administration, approval to launch our first in-human clinical study. This is a result of incredible work by the Neuralink team in close collaboration with the FDA and represents an important first step that will one day allow our technology to help many people. Recruitment is not yet open for a clinical trial. We'll announce more information on this soon. This is freaking awesome. I mean, the the yeah. thought process behind this really long term is to, like you said, solve uh, folks that are, are potentially paralyzed, uh, really any limb, right? I think I don't yeah. think there's any limit to what they can uh, resolve. Uh, solving uh, brain disorders. It's really cool, man. And I'm really curious to see how this develops over time. Yeah. And then the flip side, of course, is like the AI side. We have, we're worried about the Terminator on the AI side. And the Neuralink is right. people are concerned that the government's going to take the, you know, take control over their brain. 
I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, slightly exaggerating, but I'm sure there's a segment of the population. Well, there's Absolutely. a lot of the population are concerned about getting chipped, right? As a, at least in the United States, getting, because there's, there's casual discussion about this. People are concerned about getting a chip just for location purposes or whatever. I can only imagine what it is when you start to implant chips and mm -hmm. people's concerns yeah. about that. So again, you know, it's a complete sociological change that might take, you know, uh, 50, 100 years to uh, go, but you're going to have to make people feel comfortable with uh, the technology and the people that are in control of the technology. Yeah. But I think it's amazing. Well, it, it's totally amazing. But I think what's what's interesting, some of those fears I always find interesting because I think a lot of us forget that we already have a uh, a device that tracks everything we yeah. do, has a camera and microphone, and it has our deepest, darkest secrets <laughs> yeah. already. So, okay. I, I, don't, I don't see how... I mean, how, so many uh, people thought yeah. that there were chips in the vaccine. I mean, yeah, those right. people are never going to be happy with putting putting let's hope they're not getting what you mean there wasn't a chip in the vaccine <laughs> <laughs> you're controlled facade maybe you're not yeah. vaccinated then you're not were, we just got there demonetized were, no they were corn, they were corn <laughs> chips they were ground corn chips oh yeah. corn chips. okay yeah. that's what it was okay yeah. right. i wonder if we have celebrated that model y was the best-selling worldwide oh, car oh, yeah. in the first quarter so many good news eh yeah, yeah. my goodness let me go ahead and pull this up as well um, something that I think Elon Musk was alluding to for, I think for at least a year where he would expect Model Y to become the best-selling car globally uh, by a certain year. I think he started teasing this one or two years ago, one of the core. I think it was two cars, years ago. Yeah. 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 It was a while. I just posted the tweet in the uh, private chat, producer wife, when you get a chance, uh, pull now it up. This here. is from the, the man that never sleeps, Mr. Sawyer Merritt. Uh, friend of the show so uh yeah when you get a second pull it up producer wife and then we'll uh i think he produces i think he produces the best and most credible uh, information about tesla period yeah okay that's my opinion he deserves that praise yeah th there are so many awesome sources out there and what i really love about sawyer just how quick man he's so quick like the second mm -hmm. something breaks, it's like out. Mm -hmm. And he's like yeah. also running a company on the side. It's like crazy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how, like the, the man that never sleeps, literally. Uh, breaking, for the first time ever, the Tesla Model Y was the best-selling car in the world in Q1 2023, according to uh, JATO data for 53 markets worldwide. This would, be the, this would be the first EV to ever achieve this feat. And then go ahead and... Uh, uh, click on that chart or make it bigger They're for us. All Toyotas. Look at that. So Tesla Model Three. Y through the first quarter of 2023, 267,200 units. Uh, the second place is the Toyota Corolla Levin, uh, Elyon, and Lingshang, which is all body types on the Corolla, which is different from the Model Y, which is exactly one form factor. Uh, then you got the the Toyota Hilux. Hilux? How do you guys pronounce that? Hilux. Alex, right? I, think, I would I think, say he looks, but I think it's pronounced potato. Okay, the Toyota <laughs> okay. potato. Yeah. Then you got the Toyota RAV4 slash Windlander, and then the Toyota Camry. What's interesting here is that Q1 is usually the 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 slowest quarter of the year for auto, and so the Model Y is on pace to sell well above a million units 
in 2023 as long as we don't have a, a severe global recession. Uh, it's what crazy. I think is, I think what's amazing is look at the difference between the Y and the Camry. In that, that's a hundred thousand units in just one quarter. Camry used yeah, to be the yeah. biggest selling car in the United States. Yeah. No it's more. Wild. No more. Nope. <laughs> and then, and then the Corolla is going to be uh, at least what fifteen thousand dollars cheaper. Yeah. On average, probably yeah, more. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be like the sub a subcompact. Yeah. Basically, it's just so crazy. Pull up that chart again. I think this is for folks that uh, I've I've gotten a lot of new followers lately. Thank you all so much for your support. Um, and uh, some of the folks are like not super Tesla nerds like we are, but I think it just really drives home how crazy of a feat this is when you have a uh, probably average selling price of $50,000 EV only that doesn't sell in probably it doesn't sell in the in South America. It doesn't sell in Africa. It doesn't sell in a lot of parts of Asia. And it's number one, number one versus Toyota Corolla, which is really the world car. Like the yeah. Toyota Corolla is freaking everywhere, and this pure EV that it sells at an average of fifty thousand is the number one selling car in the world that doesn't sell everywhere. This is crazy. Plus, this plus these are crazy. these are gas powered, so these numbers are going to continue to decline, not to increase. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the Y is going to go up, so this gap is going to you know widen as widen. time goes on. Hundred percent, and and. Um, uh, no advertising in a lot of the markets either. And the sub the subcontacts probably going to be in this position or this position. Yeah. I mean it's it's the sub comp the, you mean the Tesla the, the smaller Tesla yeah. car. Yeah. yeah the Mex Mex the Mexico car. Yeah, it's going to be at least 2 to 3x model Y. I would not be surprised. Yeah. It's probably going to sell a million a quarter uh, when it's fully ramped at least at least. So all right, any last uh topics before we hit our poll results and Q&A? Richard Mimi, speak now or forever hold your peace until nope. next week. Ready ready for questions. Okay, perfect. All right, let's go ahead and uh, end our poll. We ran a poll a little bit earlier in this uh, live stream. Uh, producer wife, go ahead and uh, do your magic and uh, uh, gather the data, and we'll post here shortly the results. The question was, do you think Ford will survive the EV transition with the announcement of the uh, partnership between Ford and Tesla and Ford utilizing Tesla's charging network. And the results are, do you think that Ford will survive the EV transition? 86% say yes, 13% say no. So a lot of, uh, it's always, there's always 1% missing on these polls. It's like, yeah. where's this 1% going? <laughs> what the hell? Like every poll doesn't, doesn't, doesn't equal to a hundred. Like what's wrong with, StreamYard, it's not that hard, y'all, <laughs> or YouTube. <laughs> you know what? It, there, it may be like it's a slightly more than 86 and slightly more than 13. Mm, right. So it's just round it down. 86.4 and 13.6. Okay. We'll go with that. Perfect. Uh, any? What do you guys think about that? Are you guys surprised by the results? No. no? Where do you guys sit on this? Yeah, on this, maybe. Uh, I, it's, a little, it's a little higher than I expected, actually. But... Um, I think that, well, since we're all Tesla nerds, we are now convinced because Ford is working with Tesla that they will survive. Um, I think that it all comes down to now they've, they've done the smart thing. They've divided the EV and ICE 
companies or whatever uh because i i think that would be one of the hardest parts for all these um companies how they're going to get rid of the ice side yeah and and, and to me it makes perfect sense because again i think implied in this implied beyond just this charging issue is that ford is going to be somewhat dependent on tesla on its existence and uh therefore it will comply with what's in the best interest of tesla and again again i think fsd is going to be in that it's going to be a beneficial for tesla customers dramatically but financially it's going to be beneficial for tesla the company yeah yeah, yeah Ford, I'm, I'm on so, board it's a win-win yeah, yeah. Great. It, it, I think, again, it reinforces just how game-changing this announcement was and this decision. It's just really, really, really cool. Completely unexpected. And uh, I remember when the space was first announced, you know, the first five or ten minutes was like, huh, this is probably just going to be some chat. And the more we're thinking about it, like, wait, no, there's no way. There's got to be some sort of announcement. And then the prediction, predictions became, Tesla's going to buy Ford. <laughs> 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 it got, like, super crazy and then Maybe. Uh, came back down to earth. I don't know. Maybe, I, that, that, maybe that down the road. Smart idea. Nah, never. That'd be crazy. Never. I would be very upset as a as an investor if they did decide to buy Ford. Um, yeah. Okay, let's go ahead and pull up uh, our community questions. If you do want to ask a question, write question in the in the comment section below. And if uh, it's an incredible question that producer wife deems as worthy, okay, which is all of them, will be on the screen. So go ahead and pull up the first question, producer wife, and uh, we'll get started. Gino, Gino, big uh, supporter of the channel. How you doing, my friend? Question, with Ford being able to use Tesla superchargers, how fast do you all anticipate this will accelerate the overall U.S. EV charging infrastructure with Tesla proposed NACS, which is the North American charging standard, the Tesla plug? How do you guys think about this question? That's a good question. Who wants to take this one first? I think it's a great question. Yes. <laughs> Hard to answer. <laughs> well, I think it, it obviously will expedite. Again, I think for the reasons we spoke, it's going to expedite the process because Ford is a favored company in the United States and the unions are favored by the current administration. And uh, Tesla will be able to probably get additional financing from the government per, per the Irish Republican Army Act. And... Um, that will probably also increase the pace of infrastructure. And to the extent others join in, that'll also increase the pace of in infrastructure. Tesla will generate more revenue. It'll let them build more also. Yeah, and I think that now we have Ford and then we have the next company and then the speed will increase. I mean, the more the join, the faster it's going to get. Yeah, and the company that's been building out this NACS charging infrastructure is tesla which is by far the fastest so i would expect the the already quick pace to accelerate uh and maybe you know there might be a deal that gets uh maybe ford and tesla start uh partnering on rolling out the superchargers as well maybe they're like hey you know here's how we do it we'll you know we'll, we'll fund half of uh your build out of superchargers and then maybe they'll put a nice little ford on there but it's the nacs and the teslas can use it and you know? who's the, who's to say that the federal government's not a a quiet partner in this deal also? Exactly. Because I can't imagine that they would not have been informed of this before it was done. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Good question. I think I think it's it's an absolute accelerant. 
and it's just amazing for EV adoption in the U.S. Uh, yeah. I think the yeah. beautiful thing about this is that there, it, we will have chargers everywhere for sure in the future. And having an EV will never be an inconvenience, even in the least travel areas. That's the beauty behind this, this partnership. So great question, Gino. Let's pull up the next one. And Drew, another uh, community member. Thank you so much for your question. What are your thoughts on Neuralink FDA approval? What will be the first benefits? Looking forward to the positive results for those who can't use limbs to easing mental conditions. Yeah, we, we briefly spoke about this already on the live stream. Uh, a lot of implications. Did you guys want to add anything else to what we already discussed? I just think uh, for the treatment of especially neurological issues, it seems like that would be specifically designed for that. And probably the what it's ultimately going to be used for is probably not within our own, our current comprehension. Maybe. Exactly. Mm -hmm. No, I just hope and pray that the tests go well. So yeah, who's not in favor of this? Who's not in favor of helping people that uh, have disabilities? You know, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if anyone I, I've actually had uh, multiple folks email me uh, about, you know, they were asking me if I had any connections to try and get them into a trial with with uh, Neuralink because they, you know, they're like, uh, you know, uh, they're paraplegic or uh, they have a, a lot of, uh, you know, disabilities. They're like, dude, if you know anybody that can hook me up, I'm like, I'll tr I don't know. I'll try to connect you the best way I can. But boy, is this a direct sort of it's just it's just so amazing it's so yeah. amazing and it's think about like the time that we live in now we have ai taking off like crazy we have self-driving cars and now we have freaking uh chips in our brain that are going to solve the the worst uh human conditions out there some of the worst human conditions out there and diseases so it's like it's fantastic yeah. it's yeah. such a good time to be alive man it's really you know, as, as dark and weird the world can be sometimes, it's news like this that really make you hopeful about the future. You know, if the sunshine was out, when I see the movie Blade Runner, it makes me think of this this stuff. If you've ever seen the movie, if you've never seen the movie, seen then, no. then, then do so. It'll give you an okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I did, but I I'm young. Yeah. <laughs> you forgot. <laughs> well, I don't think yeah. that everything about AI is positive, but... Oh, of course. Let's not yeah, let's course. not go into that discussion now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We uh, that would be another three hours additional. Yep. Thank yeah. you, Drew, for your question. Let's do the next one. Bow and Roger Starkey. Question: Four to build superchargers on their license? Yeah. Yes. I mean, why not? Probably, right? Why not? Yeah, yeah. They have an incentive to do so. Yep. You know, it helps. The NACS plug is going to be amazing, and uh, I'm sure they'll get the help of of Tesla. Because I'm sure Tesla will benefit from that too. If, for every Ford supercharger they build, Tesla's going to be able to use it. So why wouldn't yep. they do that? You know? Yeah, good question, Roger. So the next one. Shane, $2 super chat. Thank you so much, brother. Think Ford has already secured charging ports. Um, well, they'll they'll use... Um, I'm trying to remember if Tesla builds the charging port in-house or if it's a supplier. Uh, I mean, the, the supply chain is going to catch up to it. So... If they're going to start making manufacturing cars in 24 for 25, I'm sure they've already uh, sourced the necessary uh, ports for putting their cars. It's going to be, a, yeah. That's does, Shane, does, does Shane know who's manufacturing those charging ports? <laughs> <laughs> maybe he does. Maybe, yeah, maybe. maybe he's uh, placing a bet. <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure all of that's already uh, in play. Uh, let's do the next one. And Matt. 
did the three of you notice Ford's part in this partnership <laughs> appears to be to watch Tesla do all the work. What work and expenses does Ford even have in fulfilling the goals of this announcement? This is an interesting question, but I think, Richard, you alluded to this, that, you know, there's going to be something in the back end that we don't yeah. know about that's given Tesla an incentive to do this, right? Yeah, we just, we always receive just kind of like the bare bone. We don't know what the full deal is. And again, I don't think it's, it's not Tesla's MO to not get some consideration for that to the extent they, uh, they're offering what they're offering and they're going to benefit financially. You know, and to the extent that the costs to, to everything that's been built to this point in time, you know, there's no cost to whatever they're going to generate in income as to that. Yeah. Ford will put the plugs in their car, cars. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, again, with Ford just pulling up to a Tesla station, Tesla will get money from every Ford customer. And the yeah. other side of it that we didn't really touch on, but it's giant. It's Tesla advertising. You show up to a Tesla supercharger with a bunch of Teslas next door, and there's a bunch of Tesla customers that are more than willing to show you, oh, cool, your F-150 Lightning is sick. Right. That's a giant frunk. <laughs> can I show you my Cybertruck, please? You can shoot it, and nothing happens. You know? It's like... <laughs> <laughs> and then you start hearing gunshots in supercharger lots, and people will freak out. You know? It's like... It gets weird. It gets weird at that point. So, um, yeah. But at, Tesla will definitely win. I mean, this Tesla... If there's one thing they do really well is they know how to partner. They know, you know, they're very altruistic in their missions, but I think their uh, financials prove that they know how to make a good deal when it, when it's needed. So great question, Absolutely. Matt. Let's do the next one. And Drew, another question. Thank you, brother. Does Tesla buy Ford to get the naming rights for Model E? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, depends. No. I mean, if they can get a pennies on the dollar, who knows? You know, uh, no, I don't think maybe that, that maybe that is what Tesla gets out of this. We don't know that. Maybe it's the Model E. I we I don't, don't think I don't think that would be possible <laughs> until there's no no other people on this planet named Ford. Yeah, I agree. No, uh, that would be that would be uh, quite a. I mean, it's not it's not it's not outside of Elon. He has a good troll, so. But that's kind of the heart and soul of Ford, really, at this point in time. At this point, yeah. yeah, and they had an entire division and, named after it, right? So, yeah, and now we have the three, so we don't need E, right? Next question, and Tommy, oh, it became a YouTube oh, member. Nice. Thank you so okay. much, Tommy. Appreciate your support. Nice. Welcome in. We'll do our member only stream in about eight minutes here, so make sure uh, there'll be a link that will go live in your uh, YouTube homepage. So, make sure you follow us there. Thank you so much for your uh, joining the um. The community question okay so ford and tesla are up but it's like ev in general got a bit of a boost today even uh geo ev uh fuv and lucid and gm although traded in very small volumes wtf is up with that i mean the that happens really, yeah yeah every time there's yeah. an industry leader that does yeah. well it takes everybody in that industry up whether they did anything to deserve it or not and today, all the EVs are riding Tesla and Ford. And today, up. Yeah, everything, I think, other than Fisker, yeah. uh, everything other than Fisker is up. And it's the same as NVIDIA. NVIDIA did the same thing with every computer chip company. NVIDIA went nuts. So that, by the way, that's the only thing I wish Tesla, the one thing changed. I wish for this today's purposes that Tesla's name was NVIDIA. That, that's, uh, <laughs> but all the chip companies, AMD and Micron, all those companies, they didn't do necessarily anything, but they follow the tide. So that's kind of what carries carries the 
everybody following along. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Mimi. No, it's just a mass hypnosis of the market. <laughs> we follow. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's also some positive sort of uh, news that the stock market is absorbing around. I think they they revised the uh, they revised a GDP up for Q1 in the states, I believe. Uh, then there's a you know we know that the Fed is really done raising rates, and so a pause in rates means that at some point there could be a a lowering of rates, which, which helps the stock market. You've had really good uh, earnings being posted by a lot of companies lately. So I think there's just a lot of momentum for uh, stocks to go up. It's just a, uh, now we have to see if this recession that Elon is signaling towards will actually happen or not. And that and could, the debt, you know. And, and, and the, the, debt the debt ceiling. Yeah. The debt ceiling, yeah. They've yeah. apparently have advanced. And I think most people think they'll work out some kind of deal. Yeah. It seems like they're going to delay by two years, right? I think they're pushing it. Yeah. Kind of down the road for two years. Yeah. yeah. That would yeah. be good. Part for the Terrific. course. Not my Terrific. problem. Someone else's problem. Terrific. Problem solved. <laughs> yeah. Literally, just put it on the rug. Ah, don't worry exactly. about this now. Wonderful. Let the next person deal with it. Yeah. Just Nothing borrow. could go wrong. Yeah. yeah what could just go borrow, wrong? print money. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. All right. Next question. <laughs> Our dear trusted leaders. And be kind but shrewd. Whoa. What a statement. Question. Why do this? What? Be kind and but but shrewd. Uh, why do this? It slows down Tesla owners waiting behind food, uh, Ford owners for open chargers. Wall Street will love it. Tesla should not allow anyone else. Only Ford for being first to humble itself. I don't entirely <laughs> agree with this statement. <laughs> but uh, do you guys have any any takes on this? Yeah, I think the quantity of uh, chargers will increase to yeah. to survive the demand. I think that's otherwise it's not going to work. I haven't heard any complaints in Europe since Tesla opened their su superchargers. Yeah. And so I think that, and then they're building, they're expanding all the time. And um, no, I don't think it will be a problem. Yeah, I think this is a forcing function for the supercharger team to make sure that there's enough superchargers for everybody. So again, it, go it goes behind how, if there's one thing Elon Musk is really good at, is creating incentives to push to create the right motion. Yeah. And so uh, Tesla's incentivized to have as many superchargers available for other EV makers to use it so they can make money off of every single EV owner out there. And uh, then, then you know, if there's uh, a complaint about waiting times, then the, it's a very clear uh, data point for Elon that is an executive to say, okay, well, so then why do we ha don't we have more chargers? What the hell? Let's make more and, chargers. <laughs> and again, I think, you know, and again, yeah. I'm just kind of speculating, like I speculate about a lot of stuff, but, uh, I no. wouldn't be surprised if uh, large commercial real estate owners become partners in developing uh, stations also, again, repurposing their commercial space. And part of the deal is they're going to come and put the superchargers in and they'll get people coming to their space and make, make money. I agree more. Not, not legal right. advice. <laughs> thank god you said that last bit <laughs> all right let's do a couple more next question akibo do you guys have a price target for 2025 for the stock include the cyber truck robots robo taxi and the rest all right everybody get your excel sheets out financial advice who wants to go first <laughs> well i don't have problems? the robo taxi and robots for 2025 yeah uh, do so I. they're not included Richard, um, do you have a number? 
Yeah, $523. Okay. <laughs> there it is. There's the pattern. Maybe what's her number? 400. Okay. Um, in, the in the beginning of 2025. Okay, beginning of 2025. Okay, yeah. so this is not financial advice. This is all of us just no. pulling stuff out of our butts, That's right? A lot of speculating <laughs> here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I am. I'm becoming very optimistic. I'm not going to lie. I'm becoming very optimistic about the trajectory for Tesla stock in the next two to three years. Uh, I think there's a lot of momentum building. I think uh, full self driving. Yeah. Yeah. I think full self driving is farther along than yeah. a lot of people think. It's it's an it's. I really think it's imminent. Um, you have partnerships starting to open up. You have clear domination from an auto perspective. Uh, if a recession comes, <laughs> thank you. Uh, if a recession comes, you 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 have a uh, you're going to have a Fed that's going to be very open to uh, opening up the floodgates around for again for cash, which is great for stocks. Uh, Tesla's still going to be, excuse me, in a position where they're going to generate a ton of profit. They've gotten a uh, a, a sign of a, sort of a stamp of approval from one of their biggest competitors that they're a legitimate company. Um, and as they keep growing, they become less and less risky for people like Warren Buffett to jump in and other funds to jump in as well. And now that uh, Elon's no longer uh, now has a CEO for Twitter, then, you know, I think a lot of that uh, pressure's off. So I, my very inaccurate, stupid crystal ball prediction without actually sitting down and doing the math, but my gut tells me that um, I think somewhere around thousand bucks in 2025. Yeah. yeah, I have 400 in the beginning because I think that 2025 we will see FSD and we will maybe see some AI stuff coming from Tesla. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that yes, and I think so. That's why in the end I think it's really hard. But I wouldn't be surprised. I was kind of have 850 or something. I think. Okay. Yeah, I've I've kind of this is my personal view. I've come to understand that I have no clue what the stock price will be, no. and yeah. and the business could be you know in a different location than the stock, and the the stock can run way ahead of the business, like Nvidia for example. So in my opinion, yeah. it's yeah. run ahead. It's 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 a great company. Um, yep. It's got great future, but it's kind of probably a little ahead, and it'll probably adjust over time. It'll still still a great company. So, like yeah. for Tesla, I don't know in 2025 if there's something that's going to suppress the stock price, whereas the business is flying. Yeah, I didn't think yeah. we would be under 200 now. So, right. Yeah, it's a guessing game. It really is a guessing game, but it's sometimes fun to guess. It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it it is. is fun. All right, let's do the last one. Um, okay, Rory. I had Shelly oh, for dinner. Rory! Oh, I <laughs> missed I you. my date tonight? Rory is a Yes, absolutely. Because... You should cancel all your dates no, no. or change <laughs> no. the menu. There is a key, uh, key fact that's omitted. Were there beans or no beans? Yes. Oh, but, yes. Right? No beans. But if there is a lot of chili, that's enough. <laughs> I I love Rory because he's, I think he's been on every stream asking the same exact question. Yes. And, and I think Rory should ask someone outside the Tesla community. <laughs> I think we give the best advice. Uh, producer wife in the private chat thinks that this is Elon's burner account. <laughs> that would be amazing. Thank so, you, Elon. Thank you, yeah. Mr. Uh, Musk. Thank you. 
Yeah, he definitely doesn't have a trouble with uh, with dates because he's got as many kids as <laughs> I, I have freaking staples on my desk. He's All right, everybody. We're... He's certainly yes, persistent. very persistent. He's just started following Taylor Swift on Twitter, by the way. I don't know. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The future bride, future Ms. Musk. A lot of we... speculation about that. Yeah. We were. Uh... Really? Okay, interesting. Yeah, I told I told producer wife on the flight back, and she's like, "Oh my god, is Elon going to be on on Taylor Swift's next song, next breakup song?" Because you know she always makes a song about her old boyfriends and stuff. So I don't know, man. Just be careful. All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, we're going to remember only stream. Uh, if you're a, um, a subscriber, by clicking join right below this video, you see it come up right away. If not. Uh, do support the channel every Friday. Uh, half of the funds that we generate from the stream go into our community forum where our community decides what to do with those funds. And we're getting to a pretty nice chunk of change now. So it's super exciting stuff. Yeah. And I'm not going to talk about ice cream. So we're just going to go to our next community member forum. All right, everybody. We'll see you on the private one on the member only chat. And we'll see you next week. Take it easy, everybody. Bye. Oh, bye. bye. Bring it back. Hold on. Thank you, mods. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Mimi. And thank you, producer wife. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Excellent job. Okay, now we're leaving. Bye, everybody. No.